Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Howdy, Todd. Dr. Wicknell, how are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Yeah? Yeah. Um, the topic for discussion is self-experimentation. Mm. <laughs> one of my <laughs> I like these are like ideas that I have you know and then mm-hmm. like it's like probably like when you um, remember a dream when you wake up and you go to write it down and half of it makes sense you know and you're like oh yeah or okay. tell someone about it it's super interesting to you and, yeah and their their eyes are like glazing over they're like this is the boringest thing I've ever <laughs> well, I, I just glanced at my notes and I'm like half of that makes sense <laughs> So, Let's start with the half that does make sense. Okay. okay. <laughs> Why? So, what? Um, what drew you to this topic? Th- uh, this is something I, I enjoy doing, um, and and kind of wanted to present this as a, um, a potential healthy habit. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, frequently, I will um, kind of experiment with something. Right? Like uh, I'm going to change my workout schedule to see if. Um, I get to the gym more often in the afternoons than the mm. morning or something like that. Or mm-hmm. I'm going to, um, and recently this is why I brought this up is recently I, I entered into this push up challenge and I hate push ups. Mm. I hate them. And, um, for that reason I thought, yeah, I need to, I want to join the push up mm. challenge. You know, I, I don't want to hate these things anymore. I'm sick of hating them. So I, in my logical mind, I thought if I do this, mm-hmm. surely by the end of it, I won't hate them as much as I do now. Um, what this has done though, uh, because it was an experimentation of like, why do I hate these things so much? I kind of want to explore that. And I thought if I join the challenge, I'm going to be face to face with that Mm. quite a bit. Right. Well, that's interesting right there. Sorry not to cut you off, but sorry. The idea that to, you want to understand something about yourself better. And the way to do the way you're going to do that is not by like, I'm going to sit here and think about, I'm going to experiment. I'm going to do this and kind of get dirty and see what comes up. There you go. There you go. I like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever. Yeah. Just noticing how much I hated these things. I was like, okay, I want to figure this out. Why is it that I hate these? This is such an underappreciated principle. The idea that action leads to insight. Mm -hmm. We think about the other, the other way around approach. Action too, usually. Well, yeah, we, I mean, I, I think it's, it's intuitive that like, if you, if you understand something, then you can do the thing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like once I understand how to, um, I don't know, do, to do one handed pushups, mm-hmm. then I can start doing them. So I'm going to like watch YouTube videos for three hours about one handed pushups. <laughs> think about how to do them a lot. I mean, sometimes understanding leads to better action, but I think we forget about the fact that one of the best ways to understand things is just to do it kind of messily without really knowing what you're doing. Yes. And then you flop around in the mud for a while. And in the process of flopping around, you actually end up learning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think that's the the right idea. And that was your idea for this push-up challenge because you wanted to explore why do I like almost irrationally hate this yeah, activity? Yeah. What's the deal with that? That one movement for me, not, not that that's not the only one I hate, believe me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that one in particular, you know, I would see it, uh, you know, at the gym on the, on the workout of the day or whatever. And I'd be like, Oh man, I hate those things. I don't know why I hate them so much. Um, so, so yeah, I joined this challenge and, um, you, you know, you're doing a ton of pushups. <laughs> you just all day long. 
the alarm goes off, you have to, you have to do four or five push-ups. What's the challenge specifically? What's the, what's I the think rules of this I challenge think it's, or the goal? They, you kind of do a, a baseline test. Okay. I think the goal is for you to be able to do a hundred push-ups in one go at the end. Wow. Yeah. A hundred push-ups. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like a lot. And it's, I think it's like a 16 week kind of an every day there. They give you like, Hey, do these many push-ups this many times a day and at these mm-hmm. times, you know? So, so what this has done for me though is, is I still hate push-ups, but for very different reasons now. <laughs> um, Cause I have gotten better at them. Uh, my form got better because I learned that yeah. that my form was pretty bad and it was really stressing out my shoulders more than it needed to be. And mm. um, but but I only learned that because I'm doing so many of them. And then it's actually giving you a tutorial on what this should look like. And um, so once I corrected that, a lot of the the it, it got easier for sure. Um, but it's only because of that self experimentation decision. Mm. Um, but I'd like to think I do this with a lot of things that every once in a while I'll just kind of wonder about a certain behavior and go, is that, is that getting to be, you know, a habit or is that mm-hmm. getting to be, is that a thing? And I just do run an experiment and find out. Um, or if I want to get better at something, it's the same thing, you know, run an experiment on, on uh, ways I might try to do something and which, which one works, which one doesn't, which more effective, which one more efficient, mm. whatever it is. This is the, the, genesis of some of my favorite um, gotcha moments in therapy. One of the things I love about therapy is people come in very understandably with a lot of um, beliefs or thought patterns that are causing them trouble in their life. Sometimes people talk about these as like limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. It's like a common phrase people talk about. So an example would be like um, something like oh I just you know like once I start worrying you know I'm just an anxious wreck for the rest of the day. Something mm-hmm. like that. Right. Um or something like, I, I'm just not a good sleeper. You know, like I just, I always struggle to fall asleep and I wake up all the time and I'm just, I just wish I was a good sleeper, right? So th- these are beliefs, mental beliefs that are kind of holding you back in your life. A lot of people assume that the way therapy goes is they come into the office, maybe they lay down on the couch, they probably talk about their mother or their past, and then I, as the brilliant therapist, come up with some amazing insight and then poof, those limiting beliefs just... That disappear unlock that right yeah and they gallop out of the office uh-huh. and life changed no not at all there's nothing to do <laughs> that's not how it works at all usually if you've got some sort of limiting belief as a therapist i'm gonna i'm not gonna say a whole lot it's gonna be about doing something different in order to arrive at some new insight mm-hmm. we call the we usually call these behavioral experiments mm-hmm. right so if you're if you're limiting belief is and this is like the the key like the keystone intervention for people with insomnia who think like i'm a terrible sleeper i can never fall asleep i'm you know doomed to have insomnia forever whatever the most powerful intervention in the treatment for insomnia is called sleep restriction therapy which is very counterintuitive Mm -hmm. it says you are going to limit the amount of time you spend in bed you want to get eight hours you normally spend nine ten hours in bed you're going to spend six hours total in bed, no matter how much you sleep or don't sleep. Now, why would we do this? We're going to experiment with this. Let's see what happens when you restrict the amount of time mm-hmm. you spend in bed. Well, it turns out when you only give your body six hours to sleep, it's going to try real hard to fill up those six hours with sleep. Right. And you're going to learn through experience, not through my wisdom, through your own cold, hard experience, oh, you know what? I can sleep, actually. 
<laughs> I'm not just a terrible sleeper. Like I can actually do this. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think whether it comes to new insights or confidence to kind of do things that have been difficult, so often experimenting, self-experimentation, doing things differently is like the secret code that sort of cracks um, these stuck points. But being willing to get messy and experiment. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, I tell my clients a lot, you know, you, you're going to come into the office here for one hour a week. The, the real therapy happens when you try different behaviors and see what happens um, out there for the rest of the week, right? That's that's really where the therapy kind of happens. We're more kind of um, planning and 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 uh, learning mm. and kind of really formalizing the training that you're getting while you're out there experimenting with different behaviors, you know? So, yeah, I think it's such a vital thing. And, and um yeah, I mean, it, it's it's been it, it's an interesting thing just to see like, um, you know, you know, some of the self experimentation is just kind of how much more could I enjoy this experience if I if I smooth this barrier out, you know, in, in this situation, how does that experience go, you know, or, or but but trying in varying routines or um, getting better at something um, or or reducing some kind of recurring problem or whatever that is. Uh, yeah, I encourage people to experiment, you know, see what happens there when you vary that behavior. Have you always been like this? Have you always been a self-experimenter? I think so. I think yeah. so. And, and, and I think lately I've been a better, better scientist about it. You know, when you're, when you're young, you, you run some pretty dumb experiments. <laughs> 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 Some of those experiments there may be no dumb questions. To be there run at all. Definitely dumb know? experiments. To run. <laughs> but yeah, I think hopefully as I get older, I'm, I'm becoming a better and better scientist about what works and what well, doesn't work. We need work. to do an episode on dumb experiments, Todd. Ran oh God! Young. Wait, that, that we've done? No, that you ra- that you ran when you were. Oh, that I ran. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be that would be a series. Okay. Yeah. Good. One day. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I. I'm. I'm curious though because it. it my impression is that some people are pretty amenable to this, even if they haven't really done much of it. Once you kind of introduce it, they, they kind of run with it. They're like, yeah, like I get this. I see how it works. It doesn't feel that hard to them. Um, and then some people just seem really resistant to it. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of wonder how much of this is dependent on just sort of an innate interest or enjoyment with kind of, you know, some people are like tinkerers. They like, putts around the garage and they're mm-hmm. always like tinkering on stuff, you know, mm-hmm. or, or, or people can be tinkerers in, in like in the kitchen, like baking stuff and making yeah. things and always just like kind of experimenting with, uh-huh. it's like some people are just self tinkerers. Curious maybe about their own experience a little bit more than others maybe. And find it unusually gratifying to like try different stuff with how mm-hmm. they go about things. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that? Do you think it, do you think there is some like innateness to that or do you think it has to do with, I don't know, early learning experiences or I, I don't know, like how. Yeah, I think probably maybe there is a, a kind of a, a natural disposition to this. And, but then I also think that I'm sure people are taught to be more curious or not, or, or discouraged from or, being or discouraged. Curious, right? Yeah. Or, or doing things unusual out of the box or they, or they learn the wrong, the wrong approach to self-experimentation. Like you were pointing out earlier, you know, people who kind of use thought a lot, you know, instead of, actually 
I need to think more before I can do something different. Yeah, or they or they get lost in those thought loops rather than put a plan together, execute it, see what happened, see what went well, what didn't, and kind of refine that approach mm-hmm. as time goes on. Yeah, I can see how having models in your life, like I think, I think I'm like you. I, I enjoy doing lots of these like self-experimentation things. Um, yeah, I grew, grow, yeah I, I grew up in a house where it was, it was okay to like break stuff sometimes, <laughs> you know? So um, we weren't, we were never discouraged from trying to build a fort and have that go really wrong. You know, I mean, that, that was okay. Right. And so um, I, I think, um you know, a lot of my experimentation is trying to maybe do better at something. And and when I, when I experiment, I find out wow, all the things I thought would make that better actually didn't work out so much, you know? And, um, you know, one trick I've learned along the way is numbers are important. Like the way you feel about how something's going maybe doesn't matter so much as how it's really going, you know? So what do you mean? Take for example, take for example, um, going to the gym and you experiment with what time of the day is better for you. Right. It, it could be that you really like going to the gym at three o'clock, but you only do it once a week, you know, and, and, and even though you don't like it so much in the morning, you go three times a week when you oh. do go. So you actually go more often, even though you don't love it, if you go in the morning. So it kind of follow the data, basically. Yeah, the data is kind of important when you're doing these things because it doesn't always match what you feel, you know, and right. those feelings are just so suspicious and untrustworthy, you know, <laughs> that you you want something better. So you learn to be a better experimenter along the way, mm. you know, hopefully as you go, but yeah. Do you, do you run these experiments with yourself as well or? Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy it. Like, I think it's all of a sudden good. I feel very insecure about like, is this a mind game I play with myself and nobody else? Is doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's pretty healthy though. I'm going to stick with it and accept that I might be really weird. I think part of it is I, I've done it enough in enough areas that I, I've really, learned and internalized like this works like i i learn so much more and find so many better ways out of difficult situations by basically by not thinking too much and just experimenting doing yeah yeah just and i think that's i remember growing up my dad's a very like action oriented kind of guy like just does stuff mm-hmm. um and i even though i i don't necessarily remember a lot of that myself doing that myself as a kid it, it helps having that as a model. So I almost wonder if, even if you're someone who this doesn't come supernaturally to, and even if you're already an adult, right? I still think models are important. And so if you, if you think of someone you know who does this, mm-hmm. it's probably helpful to like spend more time around them and like, or like ask them about it. Like, what's your, what's your deal with this? Study them kind of. Yeah. Um, get, get, get curious about it because I think it's, you know, we, we grow up and we come as adults and we think like, well, we should just have the rule book and kind of know how to do all this kind of thing. But I think we underappreciate how much, um, yeah, those sort of social models still matter for better and worse, how much impact they have on us. Um, so I think, yeah, trying to look for good models of people you, you know, you actually admire and respect who, who do this would be a way to, um, yeah, make that process a little easier if it's not something that comes naturally to you. Yeah. You know, the other thing I love about the self-experimentation progress is it, it's just, it, it can be very non-judgmental if you let it be. Oh. You know, it's just about finding out information. It's it's not about um, belittling yourself or, uh, it, it, it just tends to be much more kind of information gathering and, and sussing out you know, um, that info. 
Yeah, um, that's, that's a great so point. if you if you were to kind of begin something like this, I would say keep it very very informational and non judgmental. I like that. It's a great contrast to self improvement, which is I mean, yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm all for improvement, but it's yeah. kind of a judgy term. It can be kind of loaded, and it can I think it can you can easily end up in unhelpful judgments. But experimentation is so wonderfully mechanical and agnostic well it's about you know, info it's, it's not yeah. about some end and self-improvement is, is usually about the end that i'm going to be right. better off than i am now and this is much more can you gather enough information to make better choices about what you're doing i think or yeah and ironically one of the best ways to actually end up at a goal is to not focus too much on the goal and just focus on one foot in front of the other <laughs> <laughs> sometimes yeah yeah Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.